The word hope means to believe that something good can happen. I'm Heather, and this is my sister Beth. Separated by the pandemic and living on different continents, we wanted to do something together to encourage ourselves and our friends. 10 Minute Hope Show was born. This is a place for stories of hope to encourage us along the way. We are so glad you're here. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the 10 Minute Hope Show. I'm Heather, and this is my sister, Beth. Hello. Hi. Um, So I'm in Auckland, New Zealand, and Beth is in Texas, USA, and we have a really encouraging story for you today. Beth told me the story a few days ago, um, and it really encouraged me, and I think it will encourage you guys too. Um, It's about something amazing, actually, that happened in Japan in World War II. So Beth, take it away. Thank you, Heather. So this story was originally told by a war correspondent named Clarence Hall. He originally he eventually went on to become the editor of Reader's Digest. So he wrote about his experience in the village of Shimabuku during the war, which is in Okinawa, Japan. So he writes, it was early in 1945 when as a war correspondent on Okinawa, I first came upon Shimabuku, the strangest, most inspiring community I ever saw. Huddled beneath its groves of banyan and twisted pine trees, this remote village of some 1,000 souls was in the path of the American advance and so received a severe shelling. But when an advance patrol swept up to the village compound, the GI stopped dead in their tracks. Barring their way were two little old men. They bowed low and began to speak. Their, the battle-hardened sergeant, weary of tricks, held up his hand and summoned an interpreter. The interpreter shook his head. I don't get it. Seems like we're being welcomed as fellow Christians. One says he's the mayor of the village and the other's the schoolmaster. And that's a Bible in the older one's hand. Guided by the two old men, Mojun Nekamara, the mayor, and Shosei Kina, the schoolmaster, we cautiously toured the compound. We'd seen other Okinawan villages, uniformly down at the heels and despairing. By contrast, this one shone like a diamond in a dung heap. Everywhere we were greeted by smiles and dignified bows. Proudly, the two old men showed us their spotless homes, their terraced fields, fertile and neat, their storehouses and granaries, their prized sugar mill. Gravely, the old men talked on. The interpreter said, they've met only one American before, long ago. Because he was a Christian, they assumed we are too, although they can't quite understand why we came in shooting. Piecemeal, the incredible story came out. 30 years before, an American missionary on his way to Japan had passed at Shimabuku. He stayed only long enough to make a pair of converts, these same two men, teach them a couple of hymns, and leave them a Japanese translation of the Bible and exhort them to live by it. They had no contact with any Christian since. Yet during those 30 years, guided by the Bible, they had managed to create a Christian democracy at its purest. How had it happened? Picking their way through the Bible, the two converts had found not only an inspiring person, capital P, on whom to pattern a life, but sound precepts on which to base their society. They'd adopted the Ten Commandments as Shimabuku's legal code, the Sermon on the Mount as their guide to social conduct, And in Kenna's school, the Bible was the chief literature. It was read daily by all the students and major passages were memorized. In Nakamura's village government, the precepts of the Bible were law. Nurtured by this book, 
the whole generation of Shimabukans had drawn from its ideas of human dignity and of the rights and responsibilities of citizenship, the result was plain to see. Shimabuku for years had had no jail, no brothel, no drunkenness, no divorce. There was a high level of health and happiness. Next day, the tide of battle swept us on. But a few days later, during a lull, I requisitioned a jeep, and speaking to the driver, we went back to Shimabuku. Over the winding roads outside the village, a huge, huge truck convoys and endless lines of American troops moved dustily. Behind them lumbered armored tanks, heavy artillery. But inside, Shimabuku was an oasis of serenity. Once again, I strolled through the quiet streets, soaking up Shimabuku's calm. There was a sound of singing. We followed it and came to Nekamura's house, where a curious religious service was underway. Having no knowledge of churchly forms or rituals, the Shimabukans had developed their own. There was much Bible reading from Kina, repeatedly repeated in sing-song fashion by the worshipers. Then came hymn singing, the two tunes of the two hymns the missionary had taught, Ferris Lord Jesus and All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name had naturally suffered some changes, but they were recognizable. Swept up in the spirit of all hail the power, we joined in. After many prayers, voiced spontaneously by people in the crowd, there was a discussion of community problems. With each question, Kenna turned quickly to some Bible passage to find the answer. The book's imitation leather was cracked and worn, its pages stained and dog-eared from over 30 years of constant use. Kinna held it with the reverent care one would use in handling the original Magna Carta. The service was over, we waited as the crowd moved out and my driver whispered hoarsely, so this is what comes out of only a Bible and a couple of old guys who wanted to live like Jesus. Then with a glance at a shell hole, he murmured, maybe we're using the wrong kind of weapons. Time had dimmed the Shimabukin's memory of the missionary. Neither Kenna nor Nakamura could remember his name, but they did remember his parting statement. As expressed by Nakamura, it was, study this book well, it will give you strong faith. And when faith is strong, everything is strong. Wow, that's amazing. I just love that story because I think it shows like what the interpreter said, what kind of a, a society, what kind of a, a village comes out of a Bible. That's awesome. Thank you, Beth. Well done. Um, yeah. I think it makes me think about what kind of society would come out of a, a different kind of book or a magazine. Like, let's say you had an old copy of, you know, your favorite magazine that you accidentally left in some, you know, village or town somewhere and they found it and they said, oh, well, this is how we should live. And, you know, they read the articles and they studied them and tried to make sure that their, whatever, their lives were formed around whatever was written in this magazine. Mm. And I mean, really, that is what happens, right? We do our, we do maybe not to such a great extent, but we do mm. form our lives around the kinds of things that we read and things like that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's really good. It's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? No, I, I completely agree. You know, what you said in terms of how the, the things that we read, the things that we intake, they become, they become us, they become a part of us. And, and it just, it's, you know, I think that this story is so encouraging because it reminds us the power of the Bible, 
mm-hmm. that you know it the, the bible can sometimes be you know it's a seed and the, it goes inside of us and it becomes the fruit of our lives right mm-hmm. the fruit of what what we get from life what we give to life what we give to those around us and it just is an encouragement to to read the bible instead mm. of you know something that is not going to produce what we want right so. yeah and even like i found i know during lockdown i would sometimes read even just like because i just felt so overwhelmed i would just read one chapter of psalms or one you know two verses or something in the morning and even it's just like how you are supposed to drink water in the morning right you just mm-hmm. drink you know have a little bit of reading the bible and it sort of refreshes your spirit and i think we need to feed our spirits um yeah. We don't, you know, our spirits will wither up and die if we don't feed it something. And we don't always understand why certain things are helpful to us, right? We believe that it's good for us to drink water and we're mm-hmm. told that. And so we do it. And so I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah, with reading Bible, sometimes we don't automatically think, oh, well, that's what I need. Um, but our spirits crave that just like our bodies crave water, right? Um, was there a Bible verse? Was there a verse that you wanted to share with that story? Um, yeah, I'd like to share First um, John 1, 5, um, which in the NIV, it says, God is light, and in him, there's no darkness at all. Mm. Just as a reminder to us that, you know, sometimes we can assume that God is like us, right? We have darkness in us, all every person does, mm. um, but God doesn't. And that's why reading the Bible is such a useful thing to do, because he's not like us. Every other book on planet Earth every other magazine newspaper was written by humans. Right. And so it's going to have darkness and it's going to lead us astray in some way, you know, if we lean too much on them and, but God's not like us, he's light and there's no darkness in him at all. So we can lean into what he says and trust it. Totally. And I think it's like, it's not like, Oh, if I read this, anything, but the Bible, I'm going to like go down the path of darkness, but it's, what's our source. What's our main thing that we're using as mm-hmm. fuel for our bodies, right? If my main thing I'm using for fuel or for our souls, the main thing I use for fuel for my body is cheeseburgers. I'm going to get sick, right? But I can have a cheeseburger like three times a week for one meal and it'll be fine. But if I eat it for every meal, I will probably die. So it's the same thing. It's like, you know, yeah. the Bible is our core substance and even just a little bit of, of it is beneficial to us. Um, good. All right. Well, thank you Beth, for sharing that with us. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, I feel really encouraged and I hope you guys do too. Um, I'm just going to close in prayer and that's it. All right. Dear God, thank you for giving us the gift of your word. And I pray just that you would inspire us to, um, to keep going back and to keep, um, you know, eating your word sort of keep using it as, as fuel and um, not give up on reading our Bibles because it is such a gift that you've given us. And um, yeah, we're thankful for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the 10-Minute Hope Show. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.